Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. What does it mean for God's kingdom to come? Is it something that is already here, or something that comes only in the distant future? If God is going to bring about his kingdom, why should we also pray that this occurs? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we are discussing the next line of the Our Father, Thy kingdom come. What is God's kingdom? We can think of a medieval king in their courtyard. A king provides food, shelter, and protection from invaders for all those who live within their realm. In exchange, all of those who live in the king's realm must live by the king's rules. Similarly, God's kingdom is the place where God's will is perfectly done, where individuals love God and lovingly follow God's commandments. In turn, God provides his perfect love, joy, peace, and justice. When we pray that God's kingdom come, we're asking to see and experience God's rule in our lives and in the world. So how does God's kingdom enter into the world right now? First, the kingdom comes from the inside out. God's kingdom is established on earth whenever individuals believe in Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit, and begin to follow and trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. In short, The kingdom comes whenever individuals acknowledge and worship Jesus as their king. From here, the Holy Spirit begins to transform the individual, bringing them God's love, joy, and peace, and slowly pruning old, sinful habits. But this takes time. God desires that we cooperate with him to allow him to change us and grow our relationship with him. If we do, Jesus promises that we will experience more of his love and joy in our lives. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a small mustard seed that grows into a large and beautiful tree. This is a wonderful analogy for explaining how God begins to establish his kingdom in the world. An acorn, for instance, has all of the potential for a tree contained within it. It already has the DNA the substance of a large tree. It just needs water, sunlight, and time. When Christians profess faith in Jesus Christ, they receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God working inside of us. The Holy Spirit is like an acorn in our soul, working in us to make make it into a new creation in Christ. Over time, as one confesses their sins, prays, and studies scripture, the gifts of the Holy Spirit grow inside of them, and they become people who are more like Jesus and experience more of his kingdom. The kingdom of God starts on the inside of our hearts and eventually comes to fruition in the outside world. 
just like an acorn resides in the soil before emerging from the ground. As the Holy Spirit works in us, we will begin to see signs of God at work not only inside of us, but outside in the world as well. People will begin to notice changes in us. Our speech is more gracious, our actions more just, our presence more joyous. Now, because the kingdom of God comes from the inside out, it must emerge within a world that is still at odds with God. The world is still marked by sin and evil, as many still do not know God or refuse to live under God's rule. This evil and hostility poses challenges to Christians, as they are tempted to turn back to their old way of living, or they are actively persecuted for their willingness to follow God. Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like wheat that grows up amongst weeds. The weeds deserve to be burned in a fire, but one cannot dig up the weeds without destroying the wheat, so they both remain until harvest time. We can think here of a beautiful flower that is surrounded and entangled by weeds. The gardener loves the flower so much that it is willing to let the weeds remain so that the flower might continue to grow. This is how the kingdom of God exists in the world right now. There are signs of the beauty of God emerging from individuals and churches that know and trust him. There are signs of his love, joy, and mercy all around us. But it's oftentimes hard to notice these signs amidst the continued evil and brokenness in the world. At this very moment, a soldier is killing innocent civilians, while in another part of the world, a parent is praying by the bedside of a sick child. There are cries of agony and hunger amidst the joyous praise and worship of hymns. Individuals are experiencing the love of God in their hearts while experiencing oppression in their bodies. To pray, Thy kingdom come, is to ask God to help us see these moments of beauty in the midst of the evils in the world. Fortunately, Christians know that this mixed time, the time of both flowers and weeds, will come to an end. They look forward to the complete ushering in of God's kingdom when Jesus returns. Here, Jesus will bring a final end to sin on earth and establish God's kingdom forever. The weeds will be uprooted and burned, and the beauty of the flowers will shine fully and vividly for eternity. But for now, we live in a time of both flowers and weeds, an in-between time. On the one hand, access to the kingdom of God is given to those who believe in Jesus. They experience God's love, joy, and peace, and are given the power to follow God's commands through the Holy Spirit. Yet they continue to live in a world where many don't believe in Jesus, and so sin and evil remain. And so they get glimpses of God's kingdom emerging while knowing that this kingdom will not be fully realized until Christ comes again. So why do we pray for God's kingdom to come? When we know that God is already at work now and that he will fully bring his kingdom in the future. This prayer is not principally about asking God to hurry up and bring his kingdom. Instead, it is about recalibrating and guiding our own prayers. We are called to lift up our hearts above to God's kingdom and beyond to the future when Christ will fully bring about this kingdom on earth. We should make our requests known to God with these ends in mind. 
all that we should ask for when we pray should ultimately result in more of God's love, joy, justice, and mercy to be made manifest in the world. Thy kingdom come thus brings a word of caution and a word of hope to our prayers. First, it is a word of caution to those who become too comfortable in the world. Those who live lives of wealth, security, and extravagance can easily mistake these comforts for the kingdom of God. When this happens, prayer becomes about obtaining and sustaining these things. This is a danger many of us fall into. The the first things we pray about are often material ones. We want more success, better health, and more secure finances. Jesus, however, said that we should seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these material needs will be added to us. Rather than starting our prayers by asking for more money, more success, more health, or more security, we should instead pray first that God's will might be done in us and in the world. What we should want is not more things for us, but more of God for us and for others. But praying thy kingdom come is also meant to be a word of hope. While some have been given great comfort and security from the world, others have only experienced the hardships and brokenness of a world that is still sinful. Many Christians have had to live out their lives amidst the weeds of the world, and there is always a temptation to lose hope, to think that the weeds will have the final say. To pray thy kingdom come is meant to give us assurance that Jesus will come again to bring an end to the misery and brokenness that we experience. Despite all the terrible headlines in the news and the challenges in our own lives, we know that these present sufferings will not last forever. As Teresa of Avila once said, In light of heaven, the worst suffering on earth will be seen to be no more serious than one night in a bad hotel. When we have confidence in God's coming kingdom, we can face all the hardships of today, knowing that they are only a brief inconvenience compared to the eternity in God's presence that awaits us. Once our prayers have been recalibrated around the kingdom of God, we can begin to ask how we might cooperate with God to make more of his kingdom known on earth. And this brings us to the next line of the Our Father, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which we will address next time. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us. This will go a long way to helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, you can visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast. If you have a question you'd like answered, please send us an email at thiswebelievepodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless.